Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 82 of the podcast that was originally recorded on August 19th of 2015. Some of the games I played for the week, Barony, Discoveries, The Journals of Lewis and Clark, Duel of Ages 2, Magical Athlete, a print-and-play homemade version, some Pathfinder Adventure card game, Wrath of the Righteous, Shroud of the Avatar, and Rocket League. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and welcome to episode 82 of the podcast. Hey, as always, don't forget to send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign, What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. All right, let's jump into some of the things I played for the past, I guess we shall say, two weeks since I was actually off last week and pretty much incapacitated and not feeling too well. I had got a lovely summer cold, but we are over that right now. And I did get some good games in before the last podcast and some good games in since being sick as well. So let's jump into some of the games I actually played before getting sick. One of the first games I actually got to the table and got to play down at my local game store was a little game called Barony. This is a game where players are basically attempting to control as much land as possible. You earn victory points, and once you get to a certain victory point on the table, it kicks off kind of the end game condition, which basically means everybody kind of gets one more turn. And the way this game starts out is everybody starts out with some starting pieces. They get to place their pieces in order going around the board. The first player only gets to place one piece. The last player gets to place a couple of more, and then it kind of goes backwards back to the first player. So it's got a it's got a good assortment and a nice a nice starting out in that one player doesn't seem to get too overpowered and can't set themselves up too good for the start of the game. You have six actions that you can actually do on your turn. You can do a recruitment, which is where you can actually put two or three knights into your city. If your city is next to a lake, that's how you get to put three knights into there. If not, you can only put two knights into the city. You can move a couple of your knights as another action. Now, when you move, you have to move, or you can move, two knights, one space, and they have to be two different knights, so you can't move the same knight two spaces. And there are some actual particulars to moving knights and what spaces they can move into, which I won't go into right now. There's also some construction that you can do as an action, which is basically removing knights from the board and replacing them with a villager stronghold. You are limited with the numbers of strongholds you get. I think you only start off with two strongholds at the start of the game, and the nice thing about them is knights can't move through them, so they are very powerful when placed on the board. You can replace a village with a city and earn 10 victory points as another action. You can do an expedition move, which is actually removing a couple of knights from the board, and then you get to place one knight actually anywhere on the table, and the knight that actually gets removed is actually removed from play, so you really need to think about doing that. I think in the couple of times that I've actually played the game, I don't think I've actually ever seen anybody take that as an action throughout the game mainly because it minimizes your workers that you're able to use in your turn and i've just never seen anybody actually to the point where they needed to move a particular just one night to any spot on the board so i have not seen that done yet and in talking to several people that were at gen con that had played the game quite a bit and i think the store owner actually ran this as a demo uh, at um, gen con 
But um, I don't think, I think he even said he really didn't see it used too often. And then you can also do a noble title as an action where you can discard at least 15 resource points and then upgrade your title to Baron. And then there's a couple other actions that you can do to get um, different levels as well. So the first time I played the game, I really didn't realize how much strategy there was in the game and how quickly the game could come to an end. We had we were actually playing with um, someone who had actually played several times before, and it looked like he was pretty much in the lead the whole game. It was really amazing. We thought the game was going to end in a turn, and somehow it came to my turn, and I did a couple of things that actually kicked me into the position to be able to kick off the end game rules before I knew it, the game had ended. You have to be very careful when ending this game because your opponents actually do get points for what they actually have in front of them. And so whatever victory points they actually have on the board, they actually can add to that. So you need to be very careful because one of the first times I was going to end the game, I would have actually lost the game because people around me had more points than me and more items in front of them than what I could do, even though I was able to kick off the end game condition. So you really need to watch when you're going to end the game and when you want to end the game. There's a, quite a few things going on in the game, and I have to say, after playing it multiple times, I really liked it. And this is one you should definitely check out and try to get to the table, see if somebody at your local game group has it, and give it a shot. All right, one of the other games we played after I had gotten in a couple of games of that, of Barony, was Discoveries, the Lewis, the journals of Lewis and Clark. This is another game I believe that was, it might have been been actually released at Gen Con, which I think Barony was also. I'm not 100% certain on that, but I think they were either released or kind of was like the first time they were shown was at Gen Con. And basically in the journals, in Discoveries, I guess the name is, it's really called Discoveries, the Journals of Lewis and Clark. Um, it's kind of like a dice worker placement game where you take on the role of one of the expedition members. On your turn, you're basically going to roll your dice and you're going to use your dice to attempt to fulfill the requirements on various cards that you could obtain. You can also purchase Indian cards that have a couple of different affiliations to them. The really neat thing about this is when you're when you're rolling the dice, you're going to place them on the board, and you're trying to fill up spots which will let you, like I said, kind of fulfill the cards. So there's going to be cards that have requirements on there as far as traversing the wilderness, basically. I guess you could say there's so there's going to be some with maybe like a stream on there or a lake and um, a couple of mountains. So one card may have a lake, two mountains, and then another lake, and there could be multiple paths you can take on one card. So you kind of have to pick and choose how you want to go and what path would be the easiest based on the dice you have and how you can place your dice. The really neat thing about this game is after you place your dice, they're going to go in the middle of the table and you can actually pick up a whole group of dice that are on either side of the board. There's two sides to the board and all those dice can not only contain your dice, but actually your opponent's dice and you'll get to roll them after picking them up and then you'll get to use them as well. Now, one of the first things you're going to want to learn as quickly as possible is to basically when you when you have your opponent's dice in your pool and you can use them, use them before anything else. The reason being is that during a turn, anybody can retrieve their dice from anywhere on the board and that includes from your opponent's play area as well. So even though you may get to take your opponent's dice and think you can use them, on their next turn, if you have not used them, then they're just sitting there in your pool and not on a spot on the board. They will get to take them and, well, even if they are on a spot on the board, they can kind of screw you over. So it's something that you want to make sure you can place and get used and get back into the center of the board as quickly as possible. So this way you can actually get the most out of the dice. You also get some 
certain bonuses for fulfilling different set card collections in the game. There's different creatures and animals in the game, and if you can get different groups of those, there's a chart in the game that tells you how many different points you can get for that, um, which I thought was kind of really cool, and it's, it's really neat to kind of keep that going. There's certain animals that are rarer than others, so those, of course, will give you more points. Um, and while there wasn't really anything kind of broken with the game, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. I, I'm going to need to probably get this one to the table one more time. I mean, we, we had a good time playing it, but it was one that really just didn't jump out and kind of grabbed us. I would say out of the two games that I had played that were probably out of the two Gen Con games that week that I had played, I probably like Barony a little bit better than Discoveries, the Journals of Lewis and Clark. It was, Discoveries is an okay, kind of like dice rolling, you know, worker placement type game, but it's... I, like I said, I, I kind of just need to get it, to the get it to the table one more time, get a little bit better feel for it. I think the learning curve on Discoveries is a little bit higher than Barony. I think I latched onto the strategy and the actions in Barony a little faster than I did with Discoveries. Once I kind of got a couple of turns of Discoveries under my belt, I actually was much more comfortable and was understanding how you can really use the dice and how you can kind of start kind of like getting multiple actions done in one turn just by placing dice on certain spots on your board and that would let you do those types of things so it was really cool i liked them both i'd have to give the edge to barony a little bit if i was to choose one over the other but they're both pretty good games all right and then i got in i think i had mentioned the last podcast i was supposed to be playing some duel of the ages 2 well i did get some duel of the ages 2 and i think we got three quarters of the game in before i actually had to leave and cut the game a little bit short but um what i did get in wow we had a great game going i had really set up the board quite interestingly in that i put a bunch of the different labyrinths that we're going to want to work on throughout the game pretty much on one half of the board and i really didn't mean to do that it just kind of the way i placed them it kind of just happened that way and then once the whole once we were done placing everything we looked at each other and we were like this could be an interesting game and it, it actually really was there were a couple of choke points that we actually created. I had actually pulled out a couple of really good characters and a couple of good accessory characters. And I, I was able to kind of like stop several of his characters dead in their tracks due to some of the ranged attack and him not really wanting to move. And we just we just had a great time playing it. It was it was a really close game. I would have really loved to have seen get get the game to the, to the end and actually saw who could have pulled out the win. It was really close. I we call I said it was a tie, even though I think he had mentioned I was maybe a little ahead. But I to me it was a tie. The game wasn't finished, and it still could have gone as far as I'm concerned. Either way, I had a couple of still good cards in my hand, and I think he did too. So it was. I think I had actually lost a couple of characters as well, which is one of the reasons why I didn't think I was going to be able to pull off the win even though I did have a couple of successful successful labyrinth runs with a couple of dead characters that I had I think the only thing that was kind of keeping me in check were those ranged characters I had out that were keeping some of his characters from really doing too too much movement and keeping them kind of locked down and into place but that was a really fun time one of the other games we played down at the local game store the one night it's kind of like I'll say there is a boxed game to this to this um, game or there's a box set to this game, and it's called Magical Athlete. But we were kind of playing, I think, more of the homemade version, as a lot of the characters and a lot of their abilities were not like what was in the box, and they were pretty much all homemade. So basically what Magical Athlete is, is each player starts out with several tokens that they can use to purchase their team. And once your tokens are gone, you have to then take the available athlete, free athlete that's kind of available during your turn um, on the building phase. So what happens is you have like a stack of characters and you flip over one at a time and they start off with like a cost of four, I think, and then go down 
from four, three, two, one to zero. So on your turn, you can basically purchase any of the characters that you want to be on your team and they're basically going to kind of race for you I guess you could say so once the teams are kind of all selected the rounds will begin and the players will pick one of their athletes to kind of like run in that race against all the other athletes each character has kind of like a unique skill which will come into play during the round and the character skills in the game are that we played were just completely hilarious I think my team consisted of Wonder Woman Jet Li uh, a picture of a friend's co-worker Chris Jericho and Johnny from the Karate Kid and it was really crazy what a lot of their special abilities were. Um, I believe Wonder Woman couldn't be moved backwards, which was a very popular ability on a lot of other characters. I think Johnny, the kid from The Karate Kid, I think his special ability, I could actually say um, say sweeping leg kick or something like that. And each time I said that, it would basically not allow that person to use their special ability or something like that just completely off the wall type of abilities and i think the one the one that i had that was um, a co-worker of a friend i think that character actually just got to move five spaces each time and basically movement is decided by the roll of a six-sided die and basically you each player just has a six-sided die or you just hand a six-sided die around and everybody rolls and that's how the, how they get to move and based on everybody's abilities and that, or that person's abilities and everybody else's abilities, it's the, the board is just crazy. It's just basically a running race, like a sprint, like a 100-meter dash, and you're trying to just move from, you know, from one end of the board to the other. There's tokens also in the game that were kind of like used to purchase. Those are also used to kind of decide who wins the game. So the first, the person who comes in first for the game actually gets, I think it is four tokens for winning. And then I think second place is two tokens. I think that's how scoring goes. So I think we had five or six people playing and there's only two people that can actually win tokens during a turn. So it's there there were a lot of people that you, you don't end up with a lot of tokens during this game because it's everybody kind of ends up being balanced in some way or another crazily it's really crazy that it actually did end up that way i think there was a tie i think two of us actually had the same amount of tokens at the end so it was just a tie for a game so it, this was a game that everybody was rolling dice and just screaming and having a good time laughing at all the different abilities and it was if you can check out Magical Athlete, check it out. If you can find maybe a print-and-play version of this that um, maybe somebody has down at your game store, see if you can find something like that. I was looking on Board Game Geek. I was having some trouble finding a particular print-and-play, but um, it was something I had never heard of, and being able to see kind of like a print-and-play game like this that everybody just enjoyed, it's a pretty fun little party game, but completely nonsense and something to definitely, definitely not take seriously. All right. And then I guess we get back to I normally start off with this game at the at the top of my at the top of my discussion and I don't know why I didn't at this time. I guess it just ended up lower in my list this time, but I'll have to switch that around for next time. But we actually started Wrath of the Righteous for the Pathfinder Adventure card game. So we actually got through I think it was three different scenarios. I think the only reason why we were able to get through three different scenarios, we actually had to split up our group into two different tables due to the fact that we actually have more than six people joining us this season for Wrath of the Righteous. So the first one we actually got through was 10A. We ran through the demonic politics real quick, which is kind of like the demo. And a couple of people had actually played that one at um, Gen Con, I think they said. And they had brought us back a couple of Eki cards, which is pretty cool. So far, I have to say, I'm really enjoying Wrath of the Righteous. I started off playing as a ranger this time, and I'm playing Rathak, which is pretty much more of kind of just a straight-up fighter-type ranger. It's This character is pretty much all melee attacks, swords. They do have The character does have a couple of bows in the deck. I think my favorite weapon, or my, my favorite card is a weapon, and I think I have five of these in my deck. So it's a complete 
complete, complete different type of character than what I played for Skull and Shackles in that I was more of a squishy type mage. I'm not used to actually having an armor card or two at my deck that I can actually use and actually comes in handy. Uh, but it was it was really cool actually playing this character and just seeing the way this character goes. Now, I'm not really too sure how much longer I will be playing the Ranger as the Paladin deck actually comes out, I believe, right after our next play session. I think it's supposed to be out right in the first week of September. So I'll be grabbing that, and I really can't wait to play a Paladin, so I'm probably going to have to go back and play through some of these early scenarios a second time and try to get those under my belt to get my character caught up with everybody after our next play session. But we had also gone through 1-1-A Cloven Trail, which our group actually had a heck of a hard time with. There were four of us, and it just seemed that we just weren't able to get the right draws or the right rolls at the right time. And it literally came down to the last card flip where you were able to knock out the villain and win literally on the last card. And it was it was actually rather nerve-wracking, I will say. I, I didn't think we were going to do it, and I thought we were going to have to play again. So then we played 1-1-B, Instant Inquisition, which our group actually did a much better time with. We had a lot of fun playing that. So it's really cool to actually be into the Wrath of the Righteous now, considering it is what everybody else is playing. We're actually done with Skull and Shackles for right now, and I don't know if we will be going back to that or not. It doesn't look like it anytime soon, since we do have so much to get caught up with with Wrath of the Righteous. We're going to be doing this for quite a while now. All Right. And then we're going to jump into a couple of video games that I actually got to play this past week. My wife and I actually got in a little bit of time with Rocket League. It was really cool to kind of sit down and kind of show her the controls for Rocket League. She got a pretty good feel for the game really quickly, and we were winning a lot of the games we were playing. We were just playing against bots. We didn't go online and try to do anything, especially since she was newer and really hadn't played that much, and I was trying to just show her a lot of the different moves. She seemed to catch on really quick, was scoring pretty good on her own. I'm still having a heck of a good time with Rocket League. I've unlocked quite a bit with Rocket League and have done quite a few achievements. I still have a few to go, so I'll be working on that over the next couple of weeks. And then, of course, the last game I will talk about is Shroud of the Avatar. I've been playing that quite a bit. I am actually back up to level 50 after the last wipe with Shroud of the Avatar. I've actually upped my pledge in the game, so I actually have a nice village lot now with a nice house on there. And so far, I'm, I'm getting more into the crafting. Now that I hit level 50 and I'm a little higher than I was last time, It's I'm going to be slowing down with my leveling as well because I don't get my double XP right now. But I'm still going to be working on my leveling, but I want to do a little bit more with crafting. I want to play a little bit more with the taming, which is something new that just came out with this release, release 20. That was just released, I believe. We have another week and a half until release 21, I think, is done. And that will be a very interesting release in that the game is going to be going to a use-based skill system. So it's going to be a complete skill wipe. They're not doing a player reset, which I'm kind of glad considering they just did one last time. They're not doing a complete player wipe. They're just going to basically reset everybody's skills and it's going to go to a complete use-based skill system with a 100 point possible maximum per skill. And there are a lot of skills in this game, it seems. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this use-based skill system plays out and how everybody takes to it. And reading the forums, it seems like there's a lot of people who are against it. But yet again, there's a lot of people that are for it. I, I for one, am kind of looking forward to it. I think it'll be a little different. It kind of reminds me of a little bit of Asheron's Call in the way that they did their skill-based system. You are going to have skills that you can actually kind of turn on and off. So if you don't want a particular skill to get any sort of XP to it, you can actually turn that off. So the other skills that you're working on will get more XP assigned to them. Now, you weren't able to do that within Ashron's Call, 
but you did have skills that were kind of like not trained, trained, and specced. And so the not trained skills are skills that you actually didn't get XP for. You might still be able to do them, but considering you weren't able to get skills in them, you probably weren't able going to be too successful at doing things. So it really kind of in a roundabout way reminds me of the way Turbine did Ashron's Call back in the day. And that has me very intrigued and really looking forward to this whole new skill system and to play around with that and learn it and everything. Plus, there's just so much more that they're adding to the game. I'm still learning stuff on a pretty much nightly basis when I play different areas, different ways to attack different ways of just doing crafting and ways to make money. I'm also trying to get into some PvP, so I also need to start specking my character a little better for PvP. Like I had mentioned before in a previous podcast, I think I was going more with a like a paladin type of build where I'm playing kind of like a fighter with a sword and board with also some healing. Last time I actually had a two-handed sword, which I think I want to switch back to. But in in reading the forums, the pole arm actually has me really intrigued, even though the pole arm looks like it sounds like it has a little bit more defensive skills than the blade actually does, which the blade seems like it has a little bit more DPS to it. But um, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with the game, considering it still is pre-alpha. I will not say that the game is perfect. If you're looking for an MMO that you can pretty much just start playing immediately and run out the gate with, yeah, you can start playing this game immediately, but a lot of content isn't there. There's really no storyline yet. There are still base systems being written and worked on by the developers and being integrated into the game. So definitely do not expect a a complete working product with this game if you were to start it up. But as of right now, I think this is probably one of the MMOs that has, I think, some of the best and newest ideas that I've seen in quite a while. And it's just not a cookie cutter like all the other ones have been over the years. So I'm really enjoying it so far. And I'm actually really can't wait to start playing it again a little bit tonight. All right, so that is it. Those are the games I played for the week. A couple of the games I want to play now. One of the games my wife and I picked up on the PlayStation 4 this past week was Gauntlet. We actually just went through the first level of that, and then we had to stop. We haven't had a chance to get back into that, so we're looking to play a little bit more Gauntlet on the PS4. So far, we're really liking that. I will say death sucks as always, and he is quite vicious in that he will try to corner you and just annihilate you and just take all of your health. And just remember, don't shoot the food which we were doing a couple of times, but um, my wife then learned quickly, don't shoot the food, and she remembered from the last time we played Gauntlet. And then another game that I got an email on earlier, Mage Wars Academy, is another game that I'm looking forward to playing. I'm a, I am like Mage Wars. I haven't played it as much as I would like to, and I'm kind of looking forward to Mage Wars Academy in that it's supposed to be a little easier to learn. Well, I like that from what I've heard, a lot easier to learn, and a much faster game. The last time I think I played Mage Wars, it was a several-hour game, and Mage Wars Academy, it sounds like, could be knocked out in about 30 minutes. To me, that sounds like that is the perfect type of game. I'm not interested in going back to Magic, so I'm hoping maybe that there could be some Mage Wars Academy nights going on around here, down at the local game store where we actually have some good competitions going. I'm hoping we can actually maybe get something like that started. That would be pretty cool. So that's it. Those are the games I played for the week, and those are a few of the games that I want to play. Hey, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. On Google+, Plus, our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm Playing Now podcast, and then of course our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, as always, thank you for listening. Don't forget to give me some likes on Facebook. If you wouldn't mind, give me some ratings on iTunes. As always, if there's a particular place you're not finding the podcast, send me an email, let me know, and I will try to get it out there as fast as I can. But thanks for listening. Have a great week. Go play some games, and don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. <laughs>